I don't even really want to preach, I tell you the truth. I just enjoy the Lord just touching me so much. It just sort of messes me up in a good way. Yeah. Amen. I mean, don't you love the Lord? Yeah. Isn't the Lord good? Let's just tell the Lord how good He is. You're good, Lord. We will sell everything and give everything away for the Lord. Won't we? I will. I already have, pretty much. <laughs> Every once in a while I had to give away the stuff I've got since then. <laughs> but in the Lord, I just love the Lord's presence. And so, um, that's what I wanted to say about that song is sometimes we just get away from what's really important in our hearts. And so just try to really ask the Lord about what's really important in your heart and get back to that, whatever that is. For me, like I said, to me it's the presence of the Lord. It's the move of the Lord. It's, you know, all that. I mean, that's really what I'm on this earth for. And I have a feeling that's why you're here on this earth. Amen. That's what God's put us all on. And however that works out in your life. I was very foolish when I was young and thought being a pastor would facilitate that. That was a big mistake. <laughs> it deeply hated it. You don't know. You know, I was. I always. I had this idea that pastors just was with the Lord all the time. You know, you just hung around the Lord and other spiritual people, and you was always in the presence of the Lord. Then I became one and found out that was not true. You know, <laughs> you had to. You had to go after the Lord intentionally yourself. Hey, let's, let's give uh, the Lord another big hand, though. Honestly, let's really do that. <laughs> I think in this church, we really do have to keep going by and saying, Holy Spirit, you're the most important person in this church. We had to keep going back to that and going back to that and going back to that. And I think if we'll do that, we'll be able to fulfill the thing that God's put us on this earth for. And we'll find our destinies and visions. Amen? All right, so this is not a long message. This is actually a short message. Uh, right? You're happy to hear that, correct? Come on, y'all help me. <laughs> Huh? No, I didn't go over. I went under. Okay, so this is it. I'm trying to really be nice in this message because my wife told me that my last couple few messages here have been a little bit over the top intense. And I don't really like intense personally, okay? I don't like that. Uh, but sometimes, you know, like I, I don't really plan how I do this. It just You just do it. Literally, I, don't, I was reading about this guy, who's, how he prepared to preach. And I was just completely humiliated when I read it, like, good Lord, this guy spends 30 hours a week studying the Bible and doing all this stuff. I'm thinking, I don't do none of that. I really don't. I just ask the Lord and didn't think about what I'm hearing saying. But I do read the Bible a lot. But anyways, I'm getting in trouble. Let me get going here. <laughs> Moving on. It would be bad to know that somebody was sharing with you that don't really even prepare. Uh, vital signs. Everybody know what vital signs are? You go to the doctor, and he checks your vital signs. You can go when you're healthy, and he checks your vital signs. That would be like your 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 blood blood pressure, pulse, respiration, and temperature. Yeah, body temperature. And so a doctor can tell a lot about your body based on those vital signs. In other words, if something is not right with one of them, it may mean something's wrong in, in you that you don't know about. And so um, I was thinking about that a lot. I've been thinking about vital signs a lot, but spiritual vital signs. 
Uh, and really what, just to be honest with you, this is what triggered it. I see people, and it's just been just heartbreaking for me, is someone that I know, and, you know, I see them, and they seem fine, they're, everything's happy on the outside, but then one day something happens to them spiritually. They fall away from the Lord. They, they leave their family. They, and, and I'm crushed when I hear it. And I just thought, I was like, Lord, I just really wished I wouldn't assume that they were okay. I wish I would have thought, I wish I would have paid attention more, you know, and reached out to them more, you know, because something was wrong with them. Something was wrong in them. And, and I was, I've been thinking about that for a long time. Uh, and then when I was over in Korea, uh, somebody said to me, Byron, y'all must have an awesome church over there for all this revelation you have. And when they, I said, this is not a bad thing, but I said, not really. <laughs> because lot, we don't live in this revelation. We don't always walk this revelation out. We don't always, and I don't always do it. And I'm getting revelation from the Lord. And I realize in my life there's, there's times when, you know, did I feel insecure? And when I'm like that, I realize, you know, I have this revelation about the Father. Why am I feeling so insecure? And acting so insecure, and I had to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm acting like an orphan instead of a son. So, you know, we just have to really ask ourselves these questions. So I wanted to share these things in the Bible. They're in the Bible. Thank you, Lord. Vital signs in the Bible. And these are very simple things, and i got several of them, uh, and they're all really good. And they're, so I just wanted to give you... A couple of them, maybe three of them this morning. Are y'all good? This will help you in your life to really ask the Lord. And Ryan in the end will get up and encourage us to be in grace in this. and not Because this is not legalistic. But the first one uh, has to do with, with the Word of God. Um, let me read this uh, Ephesians 6, 26 through 27. You know one thing that's really encouraged me about this is, believe it or not... Andy Squires has encouraged me about this. Not <laughs> because this is what they're doing at the youth group. This is amazing what they're doing. They don't really do worship at the youth service. They do some kind of, you know, thing for the kids to have a good time. And then they go, they're going through the book of James. That's pretty intense. If you've read the book of James lately, I mean, that's take no prisoners, book of James. And the kids are really getting into it. It's really doing something to them. Amen. Amen. So really, and that's really what we need. We need this washing of the Word in our life. And this is what Jesus said, that He might sanctify and cleanse her, being the bride, with the washing of the water by the Word. So every day of our life, God wants to wash our hearts, wash our minds, wash our souls with the Bible, with the Word, that He might present her... To himself a glorious church. Really, that's going to bring the glory on us. You see, the Bible is a gateway to glory. It is what's going to release the glory of God on the church, on the body of Christ, and on the people of God. And it's so important that we get ourselves into the Word, into the Bible. Uh, like this is not a this is no new profound revelation, but and then it goes on, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. You know, spots and wrinkles speak of being old, right? Wrinkles. i got a few age spots. I've noticed I have age spots on me. 
I'm thinking, man, I'm getting old. Well, I wanted to tell you this. I went to my uncle's funeral Friday, and I was shocked that I realized, I really, the reality came to me is I'm one of the old people now. Not the elderly people, but the old people, because my cousins and I, that we grew up together playing so much, their children looked old to me. I was looking at them like, dang on, that can't be your child. They look old. They're looking like a little worn by life. Well, I did want to mention, this is off the subject to Jack. I know Jackie, if nobody else in the room, in the room appreciate this. All these uh, cousins' children who are older men now and women were the pallbearers from my, from my uncle. And they all had white shirts and blue jeans on. Okay? And I only saw them from the back. And then I turned around and I noticed they all had these huge belt buckles. I mean, they were huge. And I found out these were not just any belt buckles, literally. These guys are bull riders. Those were trophies that they were given for riding bulls. It is really amazing. And I tell you how proud they were of those things. You know, as soon as they did all their official business and, you know, we did the funeral and then we went to the graveside and did that, they went and got rid of the white shirts. They come out walking in their white T-shirts, but they didn't have the T-shirts covering the belt buckle. It was hanging out everywhere except for the belt buckle was. <laughs> no kidding. I thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. I just wanted to, I don't know why I wanted to share that with you. I just thought that was just... I'm sure my uncle was up in heaven loving every second of those, those grandkids of his, his that ride bulls and love it. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with them, though. But Anyways, back to this. They're all big guys, big, strong-looking kids. My cousin was... I'll tell you this one story about my cousin. I really want to tell you this story because I was thinking about it. My, I had this cousin that was big as a, I mean, big as a house. And we were, I remember one time we were playing football... And, he, and I was running the ball. I was fast as light, and I was fast and shifty. Nobody could catch me. But he was standing. He was the only thing between me and the goal, goal line. And I was running. And I decided instead of trying to run around him, I'm going to go through Dale. I'm going to hit him as hard as I can. So I just stuck my head down, and I went wide open and hit him. This is the only, this is no kidding. The only, the next thing I remember, I was laying on the ground, seeing stars, and Dale was looking at me. Are you all right? Are you all right? So I learned my lesson not to try to go through big guys never again. Man, because he was a horse. And his kids now are bull riders. They're big guys, so... Anyways, back to this word thing, the word. Let me just tell you something. I wanted to say, if you haven't met Helen, Helen, raise your hand. Make her raise her hand, Christina. <laughs> right there. She has really, she's a wonderful person. Okay, she, yeah, give her a big hand. She, she and her husband pastor a, a church in Beijing, an underground church. And actually, I just read this morning where uh, uh, several a church was busted over there pretty big time uh, and arrest. A lot of people arrested. The pastor was put under house arrest, you know. So that's what they're doing. They're living in a world like that. But this is one thing that Helen has said to me. Uh, she uses this term, Holy Bible. And every time she has said that to me, it's like a prick. Because they have a value for the Bible that we don't have. They really do. 
they value the word. They call it the holy Bible. And, and, and when she's saying that, it, that word holy has something on it. And it has really stuck in me like, Lord, I don't, I don't think I value the Bible like she values the Bible. I want to value the Bible like Helen values the Bible. Because to them, the Bible's everything. Because a lot of them don't have Bibles over there. And when they get it, they, they're, you know, it's precious to her. Actually, we uh, were able to buy her a Bible. It's a, you know, English on one side, Chinese on the other side kind of deal. And she said, I've been praying for two years to get that Bible. Isn't that something? And so really, one of, so that's one of the vital signs in our life is do we have a life in the Word? Do we, do we allow the Word to wash, wash our hearts and our minds? And, and Luke uh, 24, 45 says, He opened their minds that they might understand the Scriptures. And that's really, let me just say this, that is an answered prayer for me in my life, is I don't read the Bible without praying that prayer. I'm always asking God, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what this means because the Bible is not something we can understand from our minds. But I'm just going to tell you this. God is releasing revelation in the Scripture on all levels right now. It's available if we will allow it in our lives. And I'm going to tell you, I have a gift of love for the Scripture. I don't love it enough. Obviously, other people who love it more. But I'm just telling you, it's a gift from the Lord. And I'm telling you, God can speak to, to you through the Bible. In fact, I went through this thing recently because I had this thing because I, I, like I, it's suddenly like I'm in this default mode. Is the Lord is making the Scripture so where I can start reading it and start seeing things in it and just start going down this like, oh, I see this, this, and I'll start writing. And I'm like, oh, i got to stop that. You know, like, stop. You know, just But realize, no, don't really stop. You know, because God is, is really wanting to release the, the Word and the freshness of the Word to people. And He wants us to have a life in the Word. So that's a way that we know. That's a vital sign for us. And we can ask ourselves, do I have a life in the Word? What is my life like in the Word? And, and if you're saying, and it may be it's not good. It may be, well, I, it's like the blood pressure. I need to do something about it. I need to make some adjustment. Amen? That's really important. The other one, number two, how are we doing? Are we good? Number two is back in um, Ephesians 3, ooh, 14. Uh, remember last week I pray, I was talking to you about bowing. Uh, here's Monday. I could barely walk because my calves were in such pain from being on my knees for two hours. My knees felt fine, but my calves were stretched. And then this part right here, man, it was rough. So I'm not asking, I'm not, I'm saying, Lord, don't even be asking me to do that no more. <laughs> I'm not physically able, but, so, but I wanted to tell you something, what I think is, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. This is important. Humility of heart. Okay, because I really believe right now humility is really, really important. And I believe that's something that we've got to really grasp hold to. Is, is walking in humility. Because right now what I see the enemy doing, I see the enemy, I see a very powerful, divisive spirit released in the earth. Okay? And you see it over in the Mideast really strong right now. And I've been really asking the Lord to give me, Lord, I need wisdom on that. What is that? Did that thing come up out of hell? That spirit was suddenly released? Or did you allow that? I mean, I know the Lord didn't do it, but did the Lord, did you allow it? Is this part of the process i mean even i was reading that jordan which has the longest border with israel of any nation over there they're saying now people from jordan that they're on the verge of civil war there 
which is a major concern for Israel because of the long border and the proximity of major city, Israeli cities to Jordan where they could easily be bombed and rocketed to death. I mean, so it's a big thing. I mean, so all these nations are in a stir over there. But what the truth is, is we're seeing this divisive spirit here. We're seeing it in homes. We're seeing families being destroyed. We're seeing believers being divided against the Lord. We're seeing ministries being destroyed. We're seeing churches being destroyed. I know churches that are being destroyed right now over division, over strife, over divisiveness. And it's that same spirit that's released in the earth. And we have to be really careful that we don't partake of that spirit. Because if we do, we're partaking of, of something from hell, a hellish spirit. I wanted to read this Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 to you. Uh, it's what Paul went on and said about this issue of bowing, this issue of humility. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, um, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. I'm beseeching you to do this. And this, then he tells us how to do that. With all lowliness, that's humility, all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And that's really important right now, bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. Listen, this is how we, you know, you can't create unity in a marriage. You can't create unity in a, in a church or a ministry or, or, or in a nation. You can't create it. But what you can do is you can humble yourself. And humility leads to unity. The Holy Spirit's unity. Because only He can provide unity. And we see our nation is more divided than ever right now. More and more divided. And it's that same spirit. It's that divisive spirit. And so I remember reading Claudio Friedzon. Who all knows Claudio? Raise your hands. We got Argentines back there. Everybody give a big hand to uh, Pablo's mom and dad. They're awesome people. Well, they're from Argentina. Argentina had a major revival in the 90s. A major revival. And Fridzon was like one of the primary pastors that helped that revival happen, helped facilitate that revival. They were evangelists that really released it, but he sort of was like the pastoral guy, main pastoral guy in that. And one of the things that he said that helped that revival continue was unity. It was churches humbling themselves. It was the people of God humbling themselves to each other. And letting go of issues with each other. And there's a psalm, a psalm, psalm 133, it says, how blessed it is we're brothers. Is it 133, something like that? Yeah. We're brothers dwelling. And it says, it's the place of commanded blessing. And now when God commands something, there's a protection that'll come. And when we begin to humble ourselves, it will release the unity where God can command blessings to come. And that's why people, that's why Jesus said a house divided against itself can't stand. Okay, because it breaks apart. And churches can't stand because they broke, the, the unity's broken and, and the commanded blessing can't be there. That's why marriages fail. There's a, there's a break in the unity. That's where friendships, that's why ministries go down. There's this breaking of this unity. Um, there's an Indian man. He's a prophet who's going to be here in two, not this Wednesday. You want to come. Not this Wednesday. You can come this Wednesday. But the following Wednesday, we have a man from India who's a prophet. Y'all heard him. He, gave a, he was at their home group at the Kashi's. And evidently, he's got this 
this Holy Ghost fire on him. He's a fireman. He brings the fire wherever. So if you can come that Wednesday, mark it on your calendar and come, and he's going to release the fire while these guys are, are in India, or on the way to India. Okay, but he gave a prophecy for our church. This is what he said. He said, as the, as the church grows, grows closer in relationships and unity, the more the fire will be released into the church. And the more the fire is released in the church, the more people God is going to send out of the church to take the fire to other places. That really is the will of God for this church. That, I'm just going to tell you this. This is a little secret the Lord told me. This is what he told me recently. You need to get as many people in this church as you can to get them out. That's what he said. Get as many people. You've got to have an open door in this church for people can come. Get as many people. Gather as many people. But you're, it's not to gather them to stay. It's to gather them to send them. Because there's a fire coming. And people are going to take that fire wherever, wherever God sends them. So we got this new thing that God's going to begin to do. I'll tell you more about it later. I don't want to get on it. But I'll tell you that the, it starts with unity. It starts with relationships. It starts with lowliness in our heart towards each other. And not allowing this divisive spirit to get a hold of our hearts and minds. Because it can do it and we won't even realize that we're being affected by a spirit that's wicked and evil and it's meant for, the, for this destruction. So I'm excited about that because I know the Lord wants to bring fire in America. I've seen that. I've seen visions of it. We've, had, we've, seen, we've seen churches get on fire in visions. I know that's the Lord. I know it is. And I'm seeing now how He wants to do that. It's not just a church, the fire blows over from one church. It's a person from a church where fire goes into this other place and brings that fire and it touches them and they get the fire. You know what I mean? Then America gets on fire for God and there's a revival in the, in the nation and, and in the nations because obviously we have a call in our life to go to nations also, all over the place. So I'm really excited about, about these things. I see the Lord speaking to us about our, our future, but I can't really get into all that because I had to move on to the next point. And it's called, uh, the next one is, is, uh, is, is prayer. Um, Paul said he uh, bowed his knees to the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and it was a prayer. So I want to just talk to you just a moment about, about the importance of prayer. And I, see, all these are real basic, right? Like, duh, read the Bible, humble yourself. But if we don't have humility in our hearts, there's something wrong with us. One of our vital signs are off. And if we're not a people of prayer, the Lord is answering prayer right now. I want to tell you that. He really is answering prayer. I mean, it's amazing some of the things that the Lord's answering. I mean, it really is. We tend to think on what He's not answering, but I've had some incredible prayers answered in my life recently. I mean, incredible. And it really is just the Lord being so precious and so sweet and so nice to me. I feel like, God, I don't know why you're so nice to me, really, because I wouldn't be that nice to me if I were you. But we're we're in a time where God wants to to answer prayers. Now, one of the things... um, that I think we had to be careful about is, and we had to be careful about this with the Word also, is, well, let me just say this. We have, a, like never before in history, we have podcasts and CDs and television. We can listen to the best preachers in the world. And so what I've, I hear a lot of people talking about that, and which I think is great that we had that opportunity. But here's what I don't think is great. 
is that's where we're first going. We're going there to get our revelation. That's why a lot of people in this room don't get revelation. Because you're going to a person to get it. That's why you need to go to the Word first. I'm not saying we shouldn't listen to that, all that. I mean, that's, and read the books and all the things. Those are, I'm not against it. I'm just saying, what order do they have in our lives? Are we going to Jesus first? Are we going to the Word and, get, and see, allowing Him to speak to us first? And then that other stuff just, just enhances it, explains it. Do you see what I'm saying? And we need to get this ideal uh, uh, cast out of our mind about the, the, the big people of God. You know what I'm saying? And say, we're those, these people, this, these, you know, this person, that, and that, forget that. We need to start getting Jesus back into the deal. Like, it's the Lord Himself, you know, and, and praise God for those other servants. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, we need to start thinking about how much we say, whoever your favorite preacher or something, or our favorite worship leaders, and you say that so much, it's like, well, dang, where's the, somehow we lost Jesus in all that stuff. You know, let's get Him back into the middle of it. And realize that person's just given what Jesus has given to give. And that's why it's so, so sweet. But I think it's the same thing with prayer. Is that we have people, and we have people in this church that are awesome prayers. And I'm glad we do, because we got them praying for us. You know, and one of the things we're saying is everything we do, make sure we got people that are praying over that thing. But the truth is, I can't depend on Sue Crowley to be my prayer. You know what I'm saying? I've got to pray. Now, I'm going to ask Sue to pray because I know she will. But it's like I was sharing earlier. A friend of mine who figured out how to get voice into his computer, he figured out this way. I can make a prayer and then let my computer pray it for me all during the day. <laughs> I'm serious. This guy was telling me this. And I said, that ain't fair, man. I mean, that don't work. That's illegal. That one time you prayed is it. But the rest of them on that computer is not going to get it. And see, that's sort of how we think. Well, I'll just pray it one time and we just keep repeating it back. And God, I hear it every time. Well, I don't think that's what God's looking for in prayer. You see what I'm saying? But I did want to read this uh, James 5. And I wanted to read verse 16. I don't think we have it up there. But Dean really said something in the first service that really just, just nailed it. When he was praying for, for the country and for Israel and he said, Lord, we're, we're praying with expectation. We're praying. And I thought, that's it. We've got to get back to believing God's hearing our prayers and God's answering our prayers. And that will really motivate you if you believe He's going to answer. And it says it in 16, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent, Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That's what Dean was saying. We have an expectation because we're we're righteous. We're the righteousness of God in, in Christ, and we are fervently praying. We expect you to do something, Lord, because we know you hear us. We have this expectation. I thought, yeah. And then it goes on, and it says this: Elijah. Now think about Elijah. Who was Elijah? He was the ultimate dude, right? <laughs> in the, especially in the Old Testament, nobody could match Elijah. I mean, he did, Elisha did do two times as many miracles, but when you think of power, who do you think of? You think of the guy who called fire down from heaven. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want some kind of, and went up to heaven on a whirlwind. I mean, he didn't even die, he just jumped on this whirlwind and went up to heaven. Here's the power dude. Came back and visited Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Elisha didn't come back, even though he did twice the amount. Elijah did. So he was the man of power. But James says, this is what James is saying, listen, Elijah, Elijah, 
was a man with a nature like ours, just like you and me. He was like us. He felt the same things. He, he got up in the morning, felt the aches and pains after being on his knees. He just, you know, he would get messed up. He would have bad moments, all that. But he prayed, for th- and it didn't rain for three and a half years, right? Right. Three and six months. Hear his prayer. So James was basically saying, we are just like that. Elijah's no different than that. We have prayers that are effective and can avail much. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking, well, God's not answering my prayers. That's the wrong way of thinking, okay? Let you go back and listen to my message last week. I gave reasons why God doesn't answer prayer. I'm just messing with you, okay? And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. If you look in the Gospel of Luke, I was looking at this recently, the Gospel of Luke, every time something major and strategic was either happened or about to happen in Jesus' life, guess what Jesus was doing? He prayed. Now, I know this sounds simplistic, but I believe like never before we're in a time to pray. I believe there's a grace from heaven released. There's a gift to pray. There's an anointing for us to pray, and God is going to answer prayers. God's going to do some things. If we pray with an expectation, with a true faith, with a true belief that, that God's going to do something. But if we just have this miserable attitude and God didn't do this, God, why, didn't, why did God let that happen? You understand what I'm saying? Why did this happen? Why didn't God do this? Why did that person this and that? And, you know, why did my spouse do this? Why, you know, why, why, why? And we're stuck on this why thing. We've got to get back to just believing and expecting God to hear our prayers. Amen. And say, and if we're not, if we don't have a prayer life, that's not a good sign for us spiritually. It means something's wrong with us. Like it would be like the doctor saying, "Some, oh, you look healthy on the outside, but your heart don't sound right." You know, we need to look inside of you further and see what's inside your heart because, and see, that's what a vital sign is. A lack of prayer is a bad sign. A lack of the word is a bad sign. Pride is a terrible sign. But anyways, I wanted to finish this, and I was going to ask Heather if she could do this for me and get Becky to sing the song. It's called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Do y'all know that song? Well, I've heard that song two times this year, and I never knew. Is Brian still here? No, he ain't. You can play it, can't you, Heather? Um, y'all know who Chris Carney is? Anybody know who Chris Carney is? Oh, y'all don't know nothing, man. He's saying, there's a song called, Your Love Never Fails. Chris McCarney. McClarney. McClarney. It's all the same. It's just this guy named Chris. Okay? He's a he's a cool guy. He sing he writes great songs. Okay? He wrote this song, Your Love Never Fails. Remember that? We've sang it n- numerous times. We've sang it at our worst moments. Your love never fails. You know, I was in the deep and this and that. I never thought I'd make it to the other side. Well, that's a great song. Well, we were back at we were at the at uh Virginia Beach, and he sang this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And he, of course, he did it the jazzy way, you know. And it was, but I started hearing something in there, and I realized that song is about prayer. It's about prayer. And then when I was at my uncle's funeral, I heard the Baptist choir get up and sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I realized, oh my gosh, God is trying to talk to me about praying to Him. And so I have the words I wanted to read to you. Are y'all going to be able to play them? Okay. 
she's figuring out what chord it is, but while she's doing it, I'll read it, and then at the end, I want Becky to get up and sing the song over us. This is a very powerful, powerful, written in 1865, okay? 1865 by a man, so it's an old word, but listen to what it says. I got it up there even. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything. Everything to God in prayer. Isn't that powerful? What a privilege we have. It's a privilege that we can bring. I mean, it just crushed me when I heard that the other day. Like, oh, it's a privilege that I'm missing out on. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Isn't that powerful? All because we don't bring it. We go through pain. We go through things because we just don't go to Him and bring it to Him in prayer. I've had these things in my life, some hurtful things going on. And I had, this is how I brought it to the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, you've got to love these people more than I do. You've got to. So I just bring them to you. Would you please do something about it? Would you just plead? Because you love them. Then it goes on. Have we, have we trials and temptation? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I'm telling you right now, there's things in this room that that's what the Lord's saying. Take it to me in prayer. Bring it to me. And some of it, He's going to ask you to bring it and just leave it. Just leave it there and go on. Just leave it in my hands. Some of it, He's going to say, bring it, just leave it here, but you can still talk to me about it. You can still tell me how you feel about it when it comes back up, but just leave it here with me. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's powerful. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find solace there. That's powerful. Blessed Savior, thou hast promised. Thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to Thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory bright, unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. Isn't that an awesome song? And I felt like when I was hearing it for the second time this year and realizing, take it to the Lord in prayer. I realized, Lord, I've got so many things in my life I need to just take to You. And I'm just not, I just want to say, I want us to do that more. I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you to, one of the things that I've done, this, this is just, just the mercy of the Lord, is I've learned how to pray scriptures in the middle of the night. You know, when you wake up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, some of it's bad, but I mean, it seems like the devil always likes to talk in the middle of the night. I got these two scriptures I pray. One of them's in Ephesians. Well, both of them's in Ephesians. Ephesians, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I might know you. Lord, let me know the love of Christ, the fullness of it. 
And when I begin to pray, see, something happens when we pray those prayers like that. Something happens to us. One thing, the devil shuts up. Because the devil will leave you alone if he knows you're going to go to praying. He doesn't want you praying. And every time he comes around and calls you to pray, he's going to realize that sooner or later and forget coming around. Like, I'm going to leave them alone. In fact, I, was one, I had a lot of caffeine or something the other night. I went to bed and I was laying there like, why ain't I sleepy? I laid there and I wasn't thinking nothing. It was like usually, you know, something's bothering you or you got your mind on something. It was just, I concluded, it must be caffeine. But instead of just wasting that time, I just decided I'm going to take this time and I'm going to pray. I'm going to take it to the Lord in prayer. And I just begin to pray these prayers. And they're good because they do something to you. They do something in your heart. They change. These prayers in the Bible really do have powerful effects on us. And the other thing, I just want to remind you of this. Have you got that yet, Heather? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was stalling. I want to end okay. <laughs> But I do want to remind you of this. I've told you this, okay, about the, of just through the day, just taking time in your day to stop and praise the Lord. Just take, and I, I know I've said this to you numerous times, but I can't quit saying it to you because I can't tell you how much it will dynamically change your life. I'm talking one minute, one minute, just stop. Lord, I just want to tell you, you're so good. I just love you, Lord. Thank you for being good to me. Thank you for your gracious mercy. I just worship, I praise you, Lord. And Lord, while I'm doing this, I want to remember, I want to remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Just take care of your people. Save your people. And Lord, those people in Japan, they desperately need your help. They need a revival of their Please cure that nation. Heal that nation. And Lord, our nation needs the Prince of Peace to come upon the government in our nation. That's less than a minute. And you can do that anywhere because you don't have to do it out loud. You can do it under your breath. I sit there watching TV doing it. Well, people sitting around, I can do it a little low. And they don't even know I'm doing it. Or if nobody's around, I'll just let it rip. But I'm telling you what it does, it helps your mind engage spiritually. It really does. It helps your mind to get off on this earth and off on all the sorrows and all the disappointments that we have going in this earth right now. It helps you connect with God. And God is answering prayers right now. Okay? And I want to encourage you about that. So here's how we want to end. Did you want to say something, Rhino? Rhino is going to get up here and say something. Rhino. Everybody give Rhino. Come on here, Rhino. Let's give him a hand. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I get really pleased in my heart when I see people growing spiritually and see things coming out of them that I haven't seen. I'm seeing him really, the Lord's really, Ryan's in an acceleration moment in his life where God's doing things in his life and you know, he's been given announcements. He's not just giving announcements. There's something life starting to come out. And I love that. That's my part of what I live for is to help people, you know, release what's the God in them. But I wanted to say that. So he's going to give us an encouragement. And then I want us to sing, stand up and sing the song. You know, that's how we're going to be dismissed today. So last night I had a dream about this person in our church who had had some victory in his life. And uh, it was all by the grace of God, this victory. And he started holding his wife accountable to this thing that she was not free from, that, that he had already gotten victory from. But he was holding, holding it to her in the natural, you know what I mean? And like a, kind of accusing. And it just, even though it was kind of a warning 
I think. But on the heels of it, I just felt like the Lord has so much grace for us. So in this moment, in this moment here, I don't measure up to what Byron talked about this morning. You know, I want to be more humble. You know, I want to be deeper in the word and have a deeper understanding of the word. I want to pray more fervently. You know, really, though, the grace of God is on all of those things. Right? Like in the word, it was God, Jesus, who gave understanding to the guys who he met on the road in Emmaus. He gave them understanding. Right? Our prayers are heard. He intercedes on our behalf. We're righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Right? When it talks about the prayers of the righteous being answered, it's all God did it. God's doing it. God does it. Right? So I just want to release that grace. If there's something in this that you want to go after today, if you really feel like the Lord's tugging on you to the spiritual health check, right? To get deeper, there's grace for it. So don't hold yourself accountable to the law. And don't hold other people accountable from a law. Just release grace into your own life and release grace into their life. So why don't we stand up, I'll pray, and then we can sing. Lord, we need your grace this morning. Jesus, we need your grace this morning. Lord, we want to get deeper. We want to get more healthy with you, Lord. Lord, we want you to take our relationship to a new level, a deeper level where we can hear you and see you. But Lord, we take ourselves off the hook. We just plead for your grace and mercy, Lord. And Lord, we take our brothers and sisters off the hook. And we plead for your grace and your mercy. Take us deeper, Lord. Because we're your children and you want to. Because you've given us grace, Lord. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Can we find
Shield thee that